You know what I was thinking we should do? What? Before our podcast. I've heard somewhere they have like little mini conversations before like they start the music. Okay. You mean like before even the intro starts? Yeah. So they can hear like what we're talking about? Or... Yeah. Or just hear us being stupid because we're pretty <laughs> good at that. <laughs> uh, that'd be a fun thing to maybe try. Okay. Hi guys. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We're tr- we try to be quiet for like the first 15 seconds to give Leanna a little bit of editing room and we're having a hard time today. Anyway, welcome back to a Wayward Fans. Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Leanna. And today we're talking about bedtime stories and... Um, What's Red sky at morning. Thank you. I have We like seriously just said that like two minutes ago. <laughs> Not the red sky one. Yes, we did. But anyway. Look, I was just talking about the Christmas one, okay? Give okay. me a break. Alright. Sorry. Anyway. So uh yeah. So five and six of season three. Bedtime Stories is directed by Mike Roll and written by Catherine Humphreys. Those are names we don't hear very often, huh? They are not. Hmm. Um I know I've seen Catherine, Catherine Humphreys before. I don't right. know if it's when I was doing my research previously and I did like all 11 seasons to kind uh, of look okay. forward or if it was because I've written it down once before already. Okay. I know she's written several, but. Right. But we just, I don't think at this Mike point we've Roll, really heard her. I don't. That doesn't ring any bells. Yeah. I don't. I'd have to actually go and sit and look and see how many yeah. he's done. But he he's definitely not a huge repeat director. No. If he has so. done more than one. Yeah. So. All right. So, bedtime stories. We open on an, a new community being built called Once Upon a Time. It's nighttime. It is. It's called Once Upon a Time. No, I know. <laughs> that's just kind of an adorable place to live. <laughs> I'm sure you would love it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not much of a suburbs type person. But you love fairy tales. Which is tales. ironic because that's where I'm living. Anyways. <laughs> So there's three dudes outside make, having a little bit of an argument about uh, the materials that they have prepared for building a house the next day. And one of them hears like a growling type noise and the rest of them are like, it's a dog. Uh, but then he hears it again. And so he goes around the corner of a, sta- a pile of, I want to say bricks or something um, to investigate it, but there's nothing there. <laughs> So he makes a little snort of laughter, and they all go back over and stand there arguing a little bit more. And then one of the dudes is dragged behind a pile of the piping there and screaming, and then another guy's attacked, and it's bloody. And then uh, the original dude that we saw who heard the growl, he's kind of hiding behind like a pile of cinder blocks. And it seems like things are going to be quiet, but then he peeks around the corner, sees one of the dudes dead, and then he gets attacked. And then we catch the title card. Yep. Yes, we do. We do. And so um, then it goes to uh, the boys. And Dean is really upset at Sam for killing the Crossroads demon. Mm-hmm. And he... Or not for killing it, but they're fighting about killing it. Um, and Dean is afraid that it'll kill Sam. And... Um, Sam doesn't want to let it go because obviously Sam wants to try something and he thinks that killing the crossroads demon would 
uh, inevitably just, just you know, solve the problem. Right. At least it would like take a step. It in would the right move direction. the deal out right. of the way. At least they'd be the right. Equation. They'd be trying at least. Right. Um, but Dean is just like adamant about him not doing it because he says if he does it, it'll get him killed. Um, you know. Be- because he's squelching on the deal. Right. And the deal was that if he, he tried, tried to squelch, Sam dies. Right. Also, I think he is just worried about Sam fighting a demon <laughs> in general. Right. Um, yeah, I honestly, like, my notes <laughs> actually say Dean's being a huge dick <laughs> about Sam wanting to reverse the Crossroads deal. I don't, I think he's just being re- way too stubborn. Right. And not taking Sam's feelings or Sam's perspective into consideration, like, at all. And I do think that they need to do something. Right. Because either way, like Sam says, either way, one of them's going to die. Yeah. Either it's going to be Sam <laughs> or it's going to be Dean. So might as well go down fighting. <laughs> right, right. And being that the Winchesters are who they are, you think that they would want to fight more. I think Dean is just so fucking terrified about right. actually having to go to hell. Right. And he's hiding it. And he doesn't want anything to happen to Sam. He doesn't want it to be pointless. For right. him to go to hell. Right. You know, because if Sam dies trying to stop the deal and doesn't squelch the deal. Right. They're both fucking dead. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, yeah, I don't know. I think Sam's right. I think they need to do something. I mean, they, at this point in the series, even this early in the series, they've pretty much figured out that they can break a lot of the rules. Yeah. In the supernatural world. So there's no reason for Dean to believe that there's absolutely no way to get out of this deal. They do know that demons lie. They right. say that all the time. <laughs> all the time. But sometimes they tell the truth. That's true. Because <laughs> they say that too. So um, I agree. I think Dean should be a little bit more open to the possibility of trying something. Yes. Um, and maybe he, maybe Sam wouldn't be so gung-ho at trying to just straight up kill the demon if Dean was more open to at least talking about right. options. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Yeah. I definitely understand the frustration there from Sam. And I, you know, because of Dean, I understand why he is. I mean, yeah. Because that's his, you know, that's how Dean is. He's just shutting down. He doesn't care. Right. And he's going to use his anger and his stubbornness to kind of protect himself. Mm -hmm. To try to protect Sam, which is just weird. Which is weird, yeah. But (laughs) then we're getting really into the whole brother problem. So we we don't want to go down that road yet. (laughs) So Dean... Quickly changes the subject to the case that they're going to work on. And he's like, tell me about this psychotic killer, dude. Come on, tell me about the killer. And Sam's like, you know, he kind of like rolls his eyes. Right. You know, like shakes off the frustration and then, you know. Down to business. Does One he thing say, the according are to the lore, or. Oh, no, I don't think he does. <laughs> Not yet. No, Not yet. But they are a few times in one of the upcoming episodes. (laughs) They are very, very good at getting back on track, no matter what they're fighting about or how they feel about each other. (laughs) So, which is shown point in case right here in this scene. It's just everything is shut down and he just tells them the facts of the case. Um, So they show up as um, Plant and Page. Plant and Page. Worst uh, names ever. Um, let Zeppelin. Right. I'm like, really, you guys, anybody's going to get that reference. Uh, they're with the county sheriff's department. We should add Frank Simmons on this one. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> um, and uh, 
they they go to talk to the guy that we see, um, the, the the brother who survived the attack in the beginning of the episode, and apparently he's like, oh, I was waiting for you guys because he was waiting for a sketch artist. <laughs> And of course. And Dean's like, oh yeah, that's what he's here for. Dean just tapping Sam, Sam on the shoulder. <laughs> he always does this to Sam. I love it. Poor it's Sam. so good. It's so mean. It's so good. I love the little <laughs> tiny notepad he pulls out. Oh, let me start my sketch. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he just rolls with it every time. Yeah, and that's why Sam, that's why Dean keeps doing it. Yep. <laughs> and it's perfect. Um, so the guy's not sure how he got away. He He didn't know why the guy let him go. And he's telling them it's not animalistic at all <laughs> he's like it's a normal dude because they keep asking about the teeth and the and, eyes and what are the, the fangs like or what are the nails like right yeah and the he's guy's like, like it's a normal guy what in the fuck and they're even like it's okay if he's not it's like he's normal and he's like what kind of what kind of cops did you guys say you are right so uh he's telling what he looks like and they the information that they get is basically he looked like a normal dude and he had a wily coyote tattoo on his arm and uh, Dean goes off to talk to the doctor, and Sam's about to leave, and the guy's like, well, well, don't I get to see it? And Sam's like, sure. Yeah. And he tells him, it's a work in progress. And he shows him this, like, four-year-old's drawing of a dude with a money symbol tattoo on right. his arm. <laughs> like, and, like, big, a big, big mouth with, like, normal teeth. Right. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. Man. So, great drawing, great drawing. Here's a question I have for you. Who is the guy who plays Dr. Garrison? I don't know. He's in something else. God damn it. I was hoping you had looked it up. Um, Generally, I don't take note of the actors in the Well, I thought he was in another episode, honestly. They are in another episode. That's going to be now. So here, I'll look for it. Um, If you want to. Um, Dr. So... Dr. Garrison right yes dr garrison um as far as sam's drawing the guy when he shows it to him does make an effort to be like oh it's it's oh, not yeah. bad it's nice <laughs> sure when it's really really bad um so then dean was on or dean dean was on the phone with the coroner right he was on is that what it was okay I didn't take very good notes at this point. Because is this when they're done with the hospital? Basically, Sam... Right? Because Sam leaves with the sketch drawing, right? The sketch drawing. Yeah. They leave um, because Dean leaves to go talk to the doctor. Then he comes back in and... um, uh, Oh, and so the the, the guy at the hospital is telling him because they're asking if his heart was missing. That's right. They're at the coroner's office and they're asking, let me... They're like, let me guess. The dude's heart was missing. And he's like... No, but, uh, like, other pieces of different organs, like, pieces of his lungs and intestine were, like, missing. And they're, like, grossed out by that. (laughs) (laughs) They're all, I'm like, really? That's going to gross you guys out? But not, like, somebody's heart being ripped out? Shannon, hurry up. So, well, this guy's done done a lot, a lot of fucking TV. He's a huge TV actor, like Breaking Bad. He's also done... Uh, No, that's where I know him from, is Breaking Bad. He's uh, the the wife's boss. Yeah. Who's... Ted Benke. Yeah. All right. That's what I got. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Anyway, you're welcome. (laughs) I was was trying to just double check if he was in any other episodes, because I didn't note that. So... Right. Usually I have that if he is. But anyway. Okay, so they talked to the coroner. Um... It does show mauling, but not werewolf mauling. So the boys are like, we got nothing. They're confused. 
as to why the attacks stop, and they're not really sure if it's a case at this point. I really like the, when they're talking about it because they know it's not a werewolf, and Sam just keeps going, "What? Well, mate." And like, trying yeah. and then he finally is like, "Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I've got nothing." <laughs> and Dean's like, "Yeah, me neither." Um, and so then we go to the scene of the two people hiking through the woods, and they're clearly lost, and the wife or. or it's his wife, right? Girlfriend? They don't ever really say it. seems okay. like it's probably his girlfriend or wife, yeah. And she's, you know, it's the stereotypical, like, we're angry lost. mom you got us or lost. wife. Like, you got us lost. We should ask for directions. And right. They come up to this really um, sweet old lady's house. The sweet old lady's house in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. Why are there always old women living out in the middle of nowhere? And nobody questions it. Because there's some weird shit going on, dude. Yeah, I just think you'd at least question it. They're witches. And if you come to them... You're in entranced their... or whatever? Well, no, no, no. So here's here's the theory. Little old lady lives out in the middle of fucking nowhere like that, okay? Okay. That's where she lives. So when you go, if you actually stumble across her home while she's there, you're going to see her as a little old lady and she's going to be sweet and whatever and let right. you on your way or kill right. you. But when she goes out and about, she's probably some hot, young, beautiful thing, like... Right. Melisandre. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Necklace stuff. Hopefully yeah. that was not a spoiler for anybody. I'm pretty sure it was, but... But... <laughs> um, my whole thing is at what point would you start being suspicious of, like, the little sweet old lady who literally lives out in the middle of fucking nowhere? Like, you've been walking her out of the woods for hours, and all of a sudden you stumble upon this house with a sweet little old lady living in it. At what point are you going to be like, this seems off? immediately right if that was me i'd be like but they're like "Ooh, look at that pie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe she'll invite us in it's like this guy was um channeling dean well and that was one thing that i wrote in my notes it's like no one in this supernatural universe it seems like nobody was ever taught about stranger danger yeah because <laughs> <laughs> people are constantly approaching strangers she should have just started pointing at the old lady stranger danger right. stranger danger <laughs> right <run> away <laughs> but like nobody seems to ever have that like foreboding sense of strangers in this universe right. but very uh hansel and gretel yes um i guess they could have been brother and sister it seemed like right they were... but it seemed like they were little too right. it was it seemed more like they were husband and wife right so they get there the old lady comes out and is talking to him and the woman is clearly very uncomfortable and she's like let's just leave right but the guy is just staring at that pie (laughs) like he's never (laughs) seen a pie in his life that whole pie yeah you're right he is channeling dean so they go inside to have pie lady drugs them via pie and (laughs) via pie (laughs) and then just starts brutally murdering the dude with the butcher knife it's like such a weird scene to laugh at because I always laugh at it <laughs> <laughs> because she just looks so funny. She's like, like everything with okay. her like posture and her big grin, and she's just like stab it away. Oh, this it's is great. She's telling him everything's gonna be okay as she's approaching him with his knife, right? Okay, and then just yeah, stabs him. But she doesn't times. kill the woman. The woman gets away. Right. But the woman also sees a little girl in like a white dress and a red ribbon around her waist. With black hair, just just standing, just watching, watching through the window. Right, but which then is she says creepy. she vanishes. Um, at least that's what she tells the guys when she's talking to him in the hospital. Right. Um, and Doctor Garrison is like, "Why is the whole town going insane?" And they're like, 
we're going to try to find that out, sir. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, they talk to her, and that's when she tells them what happened. And she also says she's not sure. Or, well, she says, because they ask her, too. They're like, well, how did you get away? Right. And she w- did not eat as much, so she was able to get up and push the old lady. Who hit her head on the stove. Right, killing her. Right. Basically. Um, so she's pretty torn up about that and watching yeah. her significant <clears throat> other die. Um. But she, that, and then that's when she tells the guys that she saw a little girl who vanished. And right. She wanted to know if they if, if they, they saw, saw her in there. Yeah. Um. So then this is when Sam says something about it being fairy tales. Because I don't think he says it quite yet. He says something because that's when Dean says you think about fairy tales often. Right, but they're on their own at that point. They're not like in the hospital anymore. Right, right. They leave. Oh, and okay. I don't know what he says though. Well, no, it's one of those things where he asks him, like, what he's, and he's like, well, I'm thinking about something, and Dean's like, what? And Sam doesn't want to tell him. Right, right, right. <laughs> he's like, fairy tales? And Sam, or Dean, do you think about fairy tales often? Right. And he tells them he thinks that's it, somebody's actually basically reenacting, um. Some famous fairy tales. Yeah. Um. Like the so guys they, at the beginning were the three little pigs. Right. The people. Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel, right. So they decide to go do research, and, um. Or, well, Dan, Dean goes and does the research on the little girl. Um, it's funny because Dean's like, Dean, right when they're outside of the hospital, after this little fairy tale uh, conversation, he's like, damn it, that means we have to do research now, right? And Sam's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Dean goes and he does research uh, to see if he can find any missing or dead little girls that match that description. And uh, he comes out and he tells Sam, guess how many... Little girls have died. Right. Or whatever. And he's like, zero. zero. And they both say zero together. Right. And he's like, and guess how many went missing? Zero. zero. <laughs> and he's like, please tell me you got something. Otherwise, that's just six hours I've wasted. wasted. And Dean, or Sam doesn't have anything either, but he goes into something about um, Lillian Bailey, a medium from the 1930s. He'd go into trances where her thoughts and actions were controlled by spirits. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So he thinks maybe something like that could be happening where somebody's controlling the spirits to do right. said reenactment. Yes. And then they come up to a frog in the <laughs> middle of this discussion that we have already seen. When they were driving right. in the beginning, the, the Impala drove right past And Dean it. just looks down and he's like, I'm not fucking kissing that toad. <laughs> <laughs> or frog. Um, and then that's <laughs> when they see the house that Sam... Right. Says, hey, it's like Cinderella. And then Dean calls Sam gay for yes. knowing what Cinderella, what Cinderella is. <laughs> because there's so, a pumpkin and a mouse. Here's my whole thing. And sorry, I'm going to do spoilers if that's okay. But I'm assuming everybody who's listened to this has already watched this episode. Because the original Cinderella story, the one in the actual Grimm's fairy tales, does not have a pumpkin and it does not have mice in it. Right. And so if he's reading to her from the Grimm's fairy tales... That's completely inaccurate. She would right. never have. That would never have been part of it. I just, I just want to point that out. That's right. just me being yeah. fairy tale nerd. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that definitely wouldn't be. We would find the woman who's chained to the stove just with her toes cut off or something. Well, no, she would still be there chained to the stove. But I'm just saying there were never, there was never a pumpkin and mice. If anything, it would have been birds. Right. Because she could sing to birds and they would come help her. But yeah, I think it's just for. Yeah, no, it's because that's what everybody associates with Cinderella right, just, now. Just Thank for you. show. Thank you, Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Sam even says yep. about Disney 
dressing him up and making him sweet. Fairy tales are pretty malicious. Right. But they do go into the house that has the Disney Cinderella. Cinderella. (laughs) signs outside and they go and they find a, a blonde chick changed to the the stove and she said that her stepmom went crazy and started beating her um so they dean goes to look for the the mom while while sam tries to unchain her and that's when dean sees the little oh no, no, no they see the little girl and dean goes and, follows and dean her. goes to follow her right um and she ends up vanishing in like the living room or whatever but she leaves behind an apple I really love the actress who plays the little girl. She is so freaking beautiful for She's like a little girl. So pretty. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that and that apple that she leaves. I was like, wow, I wonder how long they searched for that particular apple. Because <laughs> it's like the perfect apple. Right? <laughs> I know I got hung up on the apple, sorry. It's fine. It was really it's a really good looking apple. <laughs> it really is. So Dean and uh, Sam are walking outside and Dean is like, I know this one. This is like the chick with this the seven guys or whatever and yeah and sam's like you've seen snow white and he's like the porn version yeah (laughs) you know and i'm just like not buying it at this point i think that's just dean trying to act all macho i don't know anything about fairy tales oh you're so you're so full of it so they go back to the hospital and they're asking about any girls and little girls in a coma and the nurse (laughs) is telling him that there's no little girls but there's one old guy and then callie who happens to be Dr. Garrison's daughter. Who has been in a coma for how many years, does she say? She says, she doesn't say. She just says she's been here since since I started. started. Okay. But um, I think maybe the doctor might tell us later. I don't know. But it's been a very, very long time. At least like 12 years or something. Right. Um, So... After we find out that information, we go back and forth between the hospital and a scene of an old lady getting uh, essentially mugged in the parking lot of a right. grocery store. By this by this really wolfy looking dude. Looking dude. I was pretty with the Wiley I Coyote tattoo. Yeah. I can see why Callie That's picked what I that wrote. guy to play the old lady gets mugged by a wolfy dude. Yeah. Callie picked a good guy. She did. <laughs> so the guys walk in to the doctor uh, reading Callie. The fairy tales. And they're like, oh, Specifically this Little Red Riding Hood. Right. So they find out that Callie swallowed bleach when she was eight. Her stepmom brought her in. Um, well, because the doc, Dr. Garrison was on shift at the time. And mm-hmm. the mom brought her in. So, And the boys, you can tell by their face. They don't say anything yet. But you can tell they're like, oh, yeah, the, must, the stepmom obviously did that. Right. But that's just because they know we're onto the fairy tale right. thing. The whole... Th- that whole scene is like Dean is so bad with questioning people about family tragedies. He like, really is. God, Dean. I mean, haven't you learned anything by now? So at least Sam's always there to kind of pick up after Dean's like complete ineptitude at being sympathetic towards people. <laughs> he never does. He just he just wants to get the job done, and he's trying to find out the quickest way to do it. Right. So he's really bad yeah, at that. Yeah. I get it. I really liked how they did Red Riding Hood in the show too. Yeah. They do a good job interpreting the stories. Um, but yeah, so they say that, or Dean's like, what's that disease? Like from um, uh, The Mommy Sixth Dears. Sense. Oh, The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like that little girl. Uh, Misha is actually her name, which is oh, funny. Oh, that's yeah. right. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the Misha I'm always talking about, guys. 
but I thought it was really funny. That, that is really funny. That's the uh, actress he talked about. But she played um, the little girl who had been poisoned been by poisoned her mom. Poisoned by her mom. The yeah. Munchausen. Munchausen's by proxy. Right. And uh, so I this is when they separate and Dean's like, I'm going to go stop the big bad wolf. Which is the weirdest thing I've ever said. <laughs> and he's telling... Sam, uh, Dean's like, I'm going to go stop the real guy. You talk to the doctor and right. you know, stop right. it here. Um, and yeah, they, the, the little girl gets kidnapped wearing a red hoodie because she thinks it's her grandmother's so, man. Right. So she just goes climbing in. Um, and this reminded me because I used to have to pick my niece up from elementary school a lot. I didn't have to. I helped my sister out by doing it. But um right. When I was a kid, I was rode the school bus, so I never knew there was, like, rules for, like, picking kids up. But at school now, like, when I would go pick her up, like, she had, like, all the teachers go out with their whole classes, and they all stand together, and the kid can only leave when they tell the teacher, oh, look, that's my so-and-so who's picking me up. <laughs> and, like, so when little kids are just running off to, like, random cars in the streets and stuff, so yeah. I think this shows a good, a good indicator of why that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny, though, because at, I guess in middle school, maybe they don't care. I guess in no, elementary, I think you're it's big different. Enough, yeah. But yeah, because they don't do that at Logan School. Anyone right. can just drive up and he can get in. Yeah, but that's because, <laughs> and I think it's because he's old enough at right. that point. You so. would hope so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was picking her up when she was like in first or second grade, yeah. you know what I mean? So. So, um, Sam tries to talk to uh, the doctor, Dr. Garrison, about Callie in the hallway and it just fails miserably. The doctor's yeah. like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because Sam's trying to tell him that the stepmom poisoned Callie. Callie. When she was eight, she fed her bleach, and that's why she's here. And Right. The and doctor's like, Dr. Garrison's just like, fuck? get away why from me. You, like, yeah, don't you can't ever, say yeah. these things about my family. Yeah. So he goes into Callie's room and shuts the door in Sam's face. Sam's like, no, I'm not going to give up on this. So he, yeah. he just goes back into the room anyway. Closes the door, um, and Sam kind of elaborates on how he knows by, you know, saying that Callie's not gone yet. Right. He says that she's still she's here. She's a spirit. I don't think he says she's a spirit. I think she says she's still here, and he and that's oh, when the doctor okay. goes, "You've seen You've her seen too." You've seen her too. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, "Yeah." And then he describes her. Yeah. Which I was like, "Good job, Sam," because now the doctor can really believe you. Exactly. You, know, you have some clout now, and you're not this fucking crazy guy running right. around. This is, I think, one of the more difficult instances where Sam has to explain to someone like what's actually going on. Right. Right. Um, because it's not one of those like we're in a moment of like um, urgency where we're all in danger. So I'm going to tell you we're being hunted by goats, but you have to believe me, or we're going to die. Type right. situations, you know. <laughs> It's like other people are dying right. in urgency. But, but in the doctor's perspective, there's not that sense. Yeah, nothing's going on. Right. So I, I, I feel bad for Sam. Oh, yeah. That's a tough it's thing a to really have to do. It's a really hard conversation to have with somebody, especially because yeah. he knows, like, he needs to essentially let Callie die. But he, so like, can't let go. Yeah. Her spirit can go away yeah. and stop killing people. Yeah. Um, well, and plus, he also needs to listen to her, you know, and believe her, which right. is a big part of it. Yeah, and plus, like the do- it's going to be hard to tell to sell the doctor on that because he remembers his daughter as a sweet young thing. Right. Like, there's no way she could possibly be, be this hurting these people. Exactly. People, right? Yeah, that's very true. So, <laughs> Sam is basically like, you need to listen to her. She needs somebody to listen to. She's killing because she's so angry that nobody has listened to her. 
Um, so the whole the whole time this is happening, Dean actually is fighting the wolf guy. He found yes. the daughter, and he's getting his ass already. kicked. Yeah, he's totally <laughs> getting his ass kicked. But it's a good fight. You know, he's at least holding his own, so he's not dead immediately. But he's right, not. But he's doing not doing any well. Right. He doesn't do any. He doesn't do well till the end, right before everything stops. Right. <laughs> Conveniently enough. Um. So basically, Sam tells the doctor to listen to Callie, and um, Callie's spirit shows up in the hospital, and the doctor basically just says, "Is it true? Is everything true?" And she nods and yeah. he cries and. He says he's sorry. Yeah, he says he's sorry and that they need to let each other go. He yeah. needs to let her go. And he pulls the plug, which is really sad. It was really sad. Um, so Wolfie comes too and has no idea where he is. And <laughs> Dean's face is like, huh, okay. Right. But he knows, you know. He knows like, that's okay, what he Sam was hoping did. would yeah. happen. Yeah. Exactly. Sam, so. Sam, did his job. Poor dude. I, you know, and they never follow up with these poor people who are caught up in these crazy fucking scenarios. Right. And like, like that guy, for the rest of his life, he's gonna be like, what the fuck was going on that day? Right. <laughs> you know? And like, he killed people. Right. Like, so... I mean, yeah. So, poor guy. Um, How awful. Really awful. <laughs> so, um, also, I was just wondering... On this, do they normally... Because I know I've heard of stories, not often, but where people are in a coma for like 10 years, 20 mm-hmm. years, and then they wake up and it's like crazy because they don't right. know who they are. Like, would they... I mean, is that allowed generally? If, I mean, do you, I don't know. Like, I know what you mean. Like, are people able to keep their family just in hospitals that long? I don't know. And I mean, as a doctor, I guess he's like, fuck off on the doctor right <laughs> and it's a small town so maybe right. nobody like really cares i don't know how that works obviously. i don't either you know that hospital bill has got to be like well that's what i was gonna say is i think it's probably something that you'd have to be pretty wealthy if right. you wanted to do it to keep someone on life right. support for for 12 years or something years, yeah because i mean i'm sh- it seems like i've seen like some dateline episodes where that's what's been going on right yeah so like i, I said mean, I've it heard is something that happening, happens but, but how does it happen because that hmm. cannot be cheap. And oh, God, I'm sure no. it can't. I'm sure most doctors, I would imagine, would, discourage would not recommend that. Right. Just because quality of life is going to be terrible for everybody involved. Right. And, I mean, what happens if they do wake up in 10 years? Right. <laughs> like, what do you guys do then? Right. Yeah. So, um, Dean says <laughs> the letting go, the... Letting go advice is really good because he's trying to, you know, insinuate that he should take that advice as far as letting go of the whole demon deal that deal. Dean made. Right. At which point I was like, just hit him, Sam. Just punch him as hard as you can. And Sam doesn't, but he should have. God. And Sam is like, is that what you want me to do? You want me to just let you go? Um, And he, you know, he digs into a little bit about how it's not just letting go of the deal but it's letting go of his brother being gone right dead right in, in hell of all places right um and you know jensen ackles is amazing at 
facial expression and body language. Yeah, he and really And so is. I think he does a really good job here of kind of, like, letting that hit him in a way where he was not really, like, thinking about it on right. Sam's side. Exactly. But he still doesn't care enough to want to change anything because yeah. he wants to protect Sam. Right. he doesn't want to ruin the deal. So I think you get that emotion come across on his face where he's like, okay, yeah, you're obviously going through some horrible shit. Right. But... but- you're not going to die. Bye. Right. Bye. And he just walks away. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. <laughs> no, I do that all the time. Don't I'm going to have to live with it. Oh, God. Um, so they're in the motel. Dean is sleeping. Sam sneaks out, goes to the crossroads, and summons the crossroads demon. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of the few times that I was actually cheering a Winchester on for like lying and like sneaking around behind the other one's back. It's like, yeah, Sam, do it. <laughs> so Sam threatens her life and basically says he's going to kill her if he does, if she doesn't let Dean out of the deal. And she starts, I think she gets to him with oh, the yeah. whole, um, you don't really want him. You don't really want to end this deal. You You're want done. him to die. You, You're sick of cleaning up his cleaning messes. Up after him and, and all this. Yeah. And he's like, shut up! Yeah. Shut up! She, like, like, really struck a nerve there. Well, clearly yeah. you do care, Sam. Yeah. Um. So the demon tells Sam that she doesn't hold the contract that her boss does. And... She, he wants to know who he is, but she's like, she I can't, can't tell you that. You, right. <laughs> Which, I mean, of course she can't. <laughs> yeah. And even if she did, Sam, are you going to believe? Come on. Yes. So he kills her. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, I was pretty man. shocked. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> holy, holy shit, shit Sam. Um, and it was like that cold face again. Yeah. That he's He's been getting pretty comfortable in yeah. killing people. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty shocked when he shot her. I was like, Holy she was shit. even surprised. <laughs> I know she was just like, what the, what the fuck? fuck? So it's like when I saw that, like, on like the one hand, I'm like, Sam's finally kind of toughening up a bit. He's not quite as wishy washy, right? But then at the same time, he's like getting pretty scary, right? With his like total disregard for human life, because like you know, old Sam would have been like, well, this is a human being that's possessed by a demon, like right. Not just not just an, demon. an actual demon, right? Like. Yeah, so it is scary, especially on um, their first watch through. You're like, "Where's Sam going?" Right? Like, yeah, is something like what's going on? Did he come back <laughs> exactly? Because you always think back to what Azalea said, like what right. happened to Sam? Yeah, like, yeah. So, so you're like, "Fuck, maybe yeah. Yellow Eyes was right." Yeah, totally. Um. The cross, the girl who Sandra McCoy, who was playing the Crossroads Demon, uh-huh. uh, was Jared's really longtime girlfriend. Was at the she time. really? Yeah, they were even uh-huh. engaged at one point. Seriously? Yep. Wow. Got a thing for demons, huh? Guess so. <laughs> um. See, and I thought this is when we heard Ruby's name the first time, but I guess I'm wrong. When the when demon she t- says yeah. it, oh Ruby. Yeah. I don't remember hearing it in the last one, but that was what I was when I I just stumbled across it to be honest oh, you on did. my research when I was uh, finding out okay. like the little behind the scenes stuff. Right. Uh, somewhere it was like the wiki, IMDb, or one of these other because I generally check three or four different places right. for things. Right. And one of them there was a sentence in there that says first time oh, okay. his name is mentioned, and I was okay. like, 
Huh. Right on. I don't remember, but I'm writing it down. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was, that's it for this. Holy shit. So there's a storm happening. (laughs) (laughs) And we just got startled by thunder. (laughs) Um, But that's all I have for this episode is the girlfriend. Okay. There wasn't really a whole lot that I found for this. So I had to really keep myself in check as far as research went on this one. I love fairy tales. Like, I showed Shannon when she got here today. Oh, look what I got to take out. It's my giant, like, full collection of, like, Grimm's Brothers. <laughs> Did you want to quickly do um, lines and moments before you get in the research? you want to do that last? Whatever you want to do. If you want to do it first, we can do that first. Oh, body count was five, by the way. Okay, so we have the, two the, first, two, the first two little pigs, and then we have Hansel. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the, grandma. the grandmother. Yeah. And Callie. Yeah. Wow. They're getting a lot better on they IMDb. Are. They are. Do okay. you, what is your favorite moment? Moment um, was I wrote after their research, because all of this crap is hanging above them, and all the fighting that they've been doing, obviously, about the demon mm-hmm. not killing it. Mm-hmm. But they can still do their job and banter like brothers. Because I just really like that whole scene where they're walking through the park. Right. And they're just kind of, like, being brotherly, but, like, right. in a fun way. Yeah. I really like yeah. that. I just put um, when Callie disappears and just leaves the apple behind. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I just And really that was a it. nice apple. It was just a well-made scene. Yeah, but it really was. Like, it, it really captured, like, the whole yeah. theme it was a great, of the show. Yeah, it was a great way to find out what she was telling the boys. Yes. It was a really, Absolutely. very clever. Yeah. Um... There's no no music in this. Did you have a favorite line? My line would probably be when Dean says, I'm going to go stop the big bad wolf. Right. Which is the weirdest thing I've ever said. There were very, very few lines that I tagged as, like, favorites. So I'm just going to go with Sam's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. About his, his criminal sketch. All right. Let's hear, let's hear the uh, background of folklore fairy tales so what i decided to do instead because fairy tales are really there's not a whole lot of ways to get like backstory on them Uh um because they're all really just uh folklore (laughs) like just old folklore you know that has been passed down from generation to generation um the fairy tales that were used in this episode were the frog prince and Cinderella, The Three Little Pigs, Red Riding Hood, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and Hansel and Gretel. So all of those, except for The Three Little Pigs, are Grimm's brothers. Um, the Three Little Pigs... The Frog Prince one is? hmm I do not remember that as a Grimm's. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's number one in, in the book I have. Really? Yeah. It's been forever since I've touched my Grimm's fairy tales. It's mm-hmm. in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so... The Three Little Pigs is um, actually pretty hard to track down, I found out, as far as where it originally came from. Oh, really? But the first time that they were able to find it published was James Orchard Hallowell's Popular Rhymes and Nursery Tales. That was, uh, he was in England. He was, that's where that book was published, so. It was called Popular Rhymes and Fairy Tales? Yes. So then this had to have been originated somewhere else prior to that right? oh yeah yeah well like i said it's, it's, it's impossible that... to know because like even with the Grimm's brothers they didn't write any of those right those are stories that they that were told to them that right. they wrote into their books um 
But the story of the Three Little Pigs does bear a lot of similarities to the Grimm's story of the wolf and the seven little kids. Okay. Which, if you haven't read that one, is pretty fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) The kids it's referring to are baby goats, which are actually called kids. Um, So I didn't want to really go into, like, every single one of these because I could forever. Um, So I decided I'd pick two things that we see a lot in fairy tales, which are Wicked Stepmothers. Yes. And it's a common wolves. theme. Yes. And wolves are also very, very popular. So right. um, here's where they think wicked stepmothers came from. So like, because back in the day, like in the 1800s, when all of this was being published, um, like a person's lineage determined their status, like who their family was, was like your status. And that's how you ended up with money or, you know, so right. you had the rich family. And then in, in order to get to be part of that family, you had to marry into that family. Um, and so there's a good possibility that fairy tales portray stepmothers as wicked, um, as kind of a representation of women who married into families just for monetary reasons. Gold diggers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they're shown as women who are willing to cause harm or defaming people Um and even in some instances, killing like all of the biological children of the man they've married just to make sure that they can get all the inheritance. Um, and obviously that the best example of that is Cinderella. Um, Cause she loses both her parents after her dad remarried. And so she's just totally screwed at that point. <laughs> um, and a lot of the Grimm's stories though, uh, the original stories, it was actually their biological mothers who did all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the Grimm's changed it to stepmothers because they thought having a whole bunch of moms killing their kids in German folk tales would make Germans look bad. <laughs> <laughs> so they thought they'd change it up a little bit, um, <laughs> which is just so funny with how history evolved. <laughs> yeah. Um and also one thing that I thought was kind of interesting that I was reading is that there's a lot of speculation that um, this theme we see running through fairy tales is what contributes to the difficulty um, that stepmothers have when they enter a family and try and build a relationship with the children. Right. It's They say that um, when we're talking about people marrying into families that already have children, uh, that the stepmothers have the most challenging role. And building relationships of everybody in consideration. So they think that it's probably possible. It's because kids all grew up hearing stories about how wicked stepmothers are. It's a very good possibility. Yeah. I have a wicked stepmother. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Is she really wicked? I know you have a stepmother. Is she really? You don't get along? No. No. How old were you when when your dad got married? Um... Were you, like, in your teens? Or? I was in my teens. I might have been... Because my parents got divorced when I was seven. And then... I think... I can't remember if my... I'm pretty sure my dad remarried before we moved out here. And we moved here, I think, the first time I was ten. And we kind of went back and forth a little while. And then I finally settled here when I was twelve. Okay. But, um... So we, I might have been preteen. 10 or 11 so when I got married. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <clears throat> I hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out if they do, won't we? <laughs> but, um, 
it's funny because my father actually married up into wealth. Oh, did he really? Because, you know, we're fucking broke ass poverty family. Right. And um, she, she came from a very, a very, very wealthy, wealthy family. family. Hmm. Um, and it shows. <laughs> uh, she already had a son <coughs> who was the most spoiled, rotten kid I've ever met in my <laughs> life. Um, and, uh, I mean, she was, she's nice enough, I guess, but she, right. you could tell she was just very spoiled. Um, yeah. and I just, I don't know. Just never got along. Never got along. And I still don't talk to her. No. Very much. Like I'll, when I call and she answers, I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? Just real my dad there. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't talk at all. When yeah. I was 15, my sister and I went out to visit for the summer. Yeah. We were supposed to be out there for, like, three weeks or something. Um, but her and I got into a fight, and so she kicked us out. Wow. And we had to fly back to New Mexico from Florida. Wow. After only being there for, like, a week. Damn. If that. That's crazy. So my dad felt really bad, so he took us to, like, Wet and Wild <laughs> the next day before we had to, like, before you had fly to out. Wow. But she also just walks over my dad, you know. That's what or it she sounds did, like. You know, she, she told could. him that yeah. we were leaving, and he didn't stop it. So. Right. <laughs> wow, that's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. But one time, she's got, like, this really wild, crazy, like, black hair. Okay. I don't know, like, really, really wavy. Okay. And really short. Kind of like uh, Shirley Temple, like, bouncy, but okay. not quite tight curls. Not like the ringlets. We're coming home from dinner one night, and a fucking bird flew <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was like, it's looking for nest materials. Oh, that's hilarious. Anyway, I have a stepmom, but that's enough. Of my mine. dad got married when I was yeah. like in my twenties, so yeah, she's not really my stepmom. I have a stepdad who is fucking awesome. Yeah, I met your stepdad. He's yeah. really cool. So I've never had a problem with him, but yeah. my stepmom, I just see. But that's what they say. Stepmoms <laughs> have a hard time. Stepdads, like my step, my stepdad, my dad gets along <laughs> with his stepchildren. Perfect. Like, they have no problems at all. So Nice. There's no resentment there. <laughs> <laughs> so the other part of fairy tales that I wanted to talk about uh, was wolves. So we have a lot of stories that have wolves. The Little Red Riding Hood, The Three Little Pigs, The Wolf and the Seven Young Kids, even the Russian fairy tale, Peter and the Wolf. Um, yeah. And all of these involve, like, very ravenous wolves who swallow the protagonist whole. Like, it's always they swallow them whole. Right. They're never <laughs> chewed on. Um, and then almost every single time they come back out of the wolf completely unharmed. Right. So, like, somebody will cut the wolf open or they'll, like, claw their way out. Like, it's some, it's pretty gruesome when you really think about it. Um, it's fortunate for the uh, victim. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like the one I was talking about with the um, the kid, the seven kids. Mm-hmm. Um, a wolf, a goat has the seven kids and a wolf breaks into their house when she's away and eats all of them except for one. And then her and the little one that's left go and find the wolf sleeping under a tree with his huge belly full of kids. <laughs> and so... It must have been a huge fucking stomach. They cut <laughs> his stomach open with scissors and they take all of the kids out and then they fill it up with a bunch of rocks. Yeah, I remember this. And then this. sew it shut and then he tries to like get to them but he can't because his stomach's full of rocks and he eventually just falls into a pond and dies. Yeah. That's horrific. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I know. We're gonna put rocks in this guy. What? Yeah. He did so, try to uh, eat. Six of our it's kids. just so weird, though, <laughs> like when you think about it. One thing that folklorists say is that 
if you go way, way back, you can probably trace this particular phenomenon all the way back to um, ancient beliefs of day and night. Okay. And how at night, the sky just swallows the sun and the sun disappears. But then when the day comes, the sun comes back mm. completely unharmed. Interesting. So I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then there's also... Night th- is a wolf. Exactly. That's why wolves are mean and dark and, you know... But then there's also the other kind of wolf that likes tricking people, um, you know, and, and the one thing that people talk about a lot, well, like there's the boy who cried wolf, right? Very, very famous. Say that, yeah. um, it's credited to Aesop, but um, the moral of the story is actually attributed to a quote by Aristotle. Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> um, it said that Aristotle was asked uh, what those who tell lies gain by doing so. And his answer was that when they speak the truth, they are not believed. And so that's, so they don't really have any actual documentation that it was one of Aesop's fables, but it's credited to him because it's a time frame. Uh, the wolf, the wolf in sheep's clothing is also credited to Aesop, but that is actually of biblical origin. Okay. Um, I have it right here. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So that's where wolf in sheep's clothing actually comes from. Um, there are a lot of elements of this type of wolf in stories by Aesop. Uh, one of them was a shepherd who raises a wolf among his dogs. Uh, but when the wolf has grown up it turns back into a wolf but it's pretending to be a dog still okay. so like um the wolf would like steal one of the sheeps at night and like take it to the other wolves and they would all eat it uh um, together and so eventually traitor yeah <laughs> and so eventually the shepherd figured out what was happening and instead of just shooting the wolf he hanged him like you would hang a person <laughs> and then um Another reference that we see is an anonymous poem in Greek anthology uh, in which a goat laments that she is being made to suckle a wolf's cub. And um, she says, not by my own will, but by the shepherd's folly, the beasts reared by me will make me his prey, for gratitude cannot change nature. And that goes back to the whole nature versus nurture. Right. So yeah, those are... What I learned about stepmoms and wolves. See, I kept it kind of short. <laughs> so if you have a wicked stepmother, that's probably why she had a bad time yes. in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> and don't keep wolves. Or she could just be a mean bitch. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> that's what I have. You said there was no music, right? Yeah. Yeah, no music for this one. Okay. I'm that's done. it. Yeah. All right. All right. We will be back in just a minute for Red Sky at Morning. Okay, now we're going to do Red Sky at Morning. Um, 
which is a rhyme used by sailors to predict the weather. Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. Do you have the rhyme? No. I wrote it down. Oh, let's hear it. Red sky at morning, sailor's warning. Red sky at night, sailor's delight. Oh, right. Delight. Delight. And what does it mean? I'm assuming if there's a red oh, sky you don't at know. morning that <laughs> they shouldn't sail, and if there's one at night, they're fine. I was hoping you knew why, <laughs> but never mind. No, I, I forgot didn't. you're the dean of the relationship, and you don't do research. No, I just was like, oh, it's a rhyme. I'm going to write it down. Neato. I figured you'd have it. You know, I should have. You're right. No, I went with the object of the show instead of the rhyme they reference in the title of the show and never actually say it throughout the whole show. But it does have to do with the what's going on in the show. So. No, it doesn't. It's a sailor. Right. But it has nothing to do with it. Anyways. <laughs> so it was directed by Cliff Boyle and written by Lawrence Andres. So these are two other names that we haven't Don't come up. Yeah. So I guess this is right around the right. This is around the writer's strike then, because we're hearing a lot of different names that we haven't right. heard before. Mm-hmm. That's funny because I love this episode. Yeah, I love it. It is a good episode. I just yeah. <laughs> well, I really like Bella. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of girl crushes in this show. I mm-hmm. noticed that. You do. You do. I have a lot. Just uh, the one uh, really major guy crush too. Where did I get all the stuff in the front? So I'm going to have to come back to that page. Shannon's always so organized. <coughs> all right. So it starts with a lady jogging, of course, in the middle of the night at the pier, because that's safe. <laughs> um, not only was that a bad idea, then she goes and she takes a drink from a public water fountain. <laughs> Which I'm like, lady, what is your deal? So she sees a ghost ship, and she's kind of freaked out, and so she turns around <laughs> to... <laughs> run away and puts in her fucking earbuds and this takes me back to the whole nobody has any sense of danger yeah in this show first off you're jogging at night by yourself on the pier and you have your earbuds in so if somebody sneaks up on you you're not gonna hear them no god god all right so we're back at her house and she's taking a shower and we have a very nice and completely unnecessary pan down her naked back and then we see a figure in the background who places his hand on the shower door. Uh, and she hears something and she looks, but she doesn't see anything. So she turns back to shower some more. And there's a man in the stall with her. And she gets slammed into the glass walls of the shower a bit. And then we cut to the title card. Yeah. yeah. They had the hand going down the stall. Yeah. Like the sex scene in Titanic. Oh, is it? Never saw Titanic. Really? Really. Never seen it. Weird. And I never will. <laughs> I mean, you're not missing out on a whole lot. I know. It's just weird that you haven't seen it. Nope. I, I had absolutely zero desire to see it when it came out. Like I worked then, at the movie. Oh, that's right. That's when out, you worked so. at Century. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. why not? What the fuck? It's free. <laughs> yeah, no, never, ever. I didn't want to waste the time, really. Yeah. That's what it came down to. I was crazy. I remember that was like my first. Because I was when Centuria opened here. Right. That was like our first big movie. Right. And it was insane. Like the yeah. lines, I was like, what the f-? I mean, when Phantom Menace came out, it, oh, there was that, no It just paled in comparison. Right? But at the time, I was like, damn. <laughs> this is a big like, deal. A lot of people want to see this. All right. Um, I really like her shower. And that shower. I want that shower that so shower bad. That shower head looks <laughs> I amazing. I just wonder how the water pressure is. 
Because you know, at that point, I don't think it matters. Pet peeve of mine. Yeah, is showers that just feel like they're spitting on you. One of my I'm favorite okay things to do. My mom likes to do spa days as like little outing days, so we once or twice a year have like a day at the spa. And one of my favorite things to do if you ever go to a spa, it's called a Vichy shower. Have you done one of those? No. So <clears throat> you lay on this table, and they do like a scrub on your arms and your legs and your back. And then it's this shower. It's like nine shower heads, like in a row. Wow. And then they just put it over you. So it's just going all along your back. And then it just like rains on you, like this really hot, warm water. And then they get like a more powerful shower head and like just wash all of the scrub off of you. And it's one of the most amazing things in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. It sounds really nice. It is. But when I'm taking a regular shower, I need. <laughs> Amazing shower pressure, water yeah. pressure. No, just... I can see that. So, but I don't know because of how big that shower head is and how much water is coming out. It could out. like build its own type of pressure, right? Type thing. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'd have to try it. Yeah. I definitely want to try it. I would love to try it. I want that shower. <laughs> All right. Um, Impala talk. Dean wants to know. Well, Dean is like, so you have something to say to me? <laughs> It sounds you like you want to tell me, and he's like, "No." It, he's like, "It's not your birthday, right?" <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Dean. And Which I think like, Sam genuinely didn't really know what Dean was talking about. Yeah, he's there's no way he could have thought that Sam Dean would know how right know that he snuck out right. Um. So Dean's like, "There's a bullet missing from the cult. I've been waiting since Maple Springs for you to say something." <coughs> excuse shannon um and so they get into a fight yes because dean is mad that sam could have gotten himself killed but then he also is like did it work <laughs> he seems a little bit relieved that <laughs> sam actually did go through with it and kill her <laughs> and, and sam's like of course it didn't work do you think i would have told, told you, you right <laughs> um i like sam's response to this whole confrontation because usually with dean he's like trying really hard to like defend his actions and you know explain why he did it but this time he's just like yeah i did it right what are you gonna do because he's just like kind of sick of it at that point right so So he's like well and sam tells him she's not the one who was holding her contract it's her boss um so we need to find out who that is. And, Sa- and Dean agrees. He's like, yeah, we do. Too bad you killed our only fucking lead. Right. <laughs> and Sam's like, she was a smart ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is really funny. It is. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sam is very unapologetic for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Which he's going to be. Um, and they're one and the same. They won't yeah. apologize nope. for either side of Neither it. Neither of them ever will. Um. So, oh, I was like, what the fuck did I write? Because I wrote, Ms. Case has oh. hots for the Sam. <laughs> the yes, Sam it is has Ms. hots for Case. I just, Ms. It's Miss. And anyway. I would say she has some damn good teeth. <laughs> I oh. love, did you know where she's from? Lady plays Miss Case. No, what? She is from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah, that's why I don't know. Um, The episode, for those of you who do know, uh, when she's the woman who uh, kills the crystalline entity. Um, And during that episode, because her son was one of the people who died on the planet where they find data. She (laughs) sounds like a badass. (laughs) So, uh, no, she's a, a 
fucking Batso lady who like becomes delusional and thinks that Data is like her dead son and oh. that she kills the crystal entity to save him and Oh okay. It's it's actually Not a very it's a very sad episode. Okay. Yeah. But it's a good one. So there you guys go. All right. Sorry, done geeking out. Wrong ca- wrong wrong podcast, Leanne. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um they're interviewing uh Sheila, who was the chick we saw die in the beginning. Uh her grandmother or her aunt or whatever right it's her aunt right i think it's her aunt her yeah her niece died. yeah um they're interviewing her about sheila drowning in the shower because that's what, how we found out that she ends up she wasn't strangled or they found her she was just drowned, drowned right yeah. um so based on the questions that they're asking the normal winchester questions about weird shit going on they're like she miss case is like oh you guys must be working with alex and they're like, yeah. I love how Dean just is completely on board. Like, yep, we're working with Alex. Yeah. I'm like, don't you think you should find out who Alex is first? <laughs> what if Alex is a total dick? And right. now she's not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> um, well, I think based on her, like, demeanor with, oh, you guys must be working with Alex. I think it was yeah, pretty obvious. Maybe. She was happy about that. She would have not... been, well, she would have been helping out Sam no matter what. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> um. Dean calls Sam a cougar hound. <laughs> uh, so they, they're doing their research and, or Sam does research and finds out that every 37 years, like clockwork, there are reports of a vanish, of vanishing three mass clipper ship and weirdo land drownings mm-hmm. in this town. Um, so Dean is like, that should be pretty easy. There can't be that many three mass clipper ships and sam's like there's over 150 three mass clipper ships yeah (laughs) um and then they get to where the car is parked and it's gone and (laughs) dean's reaction is car being stolen is the greatest thing i love it he (laughs) hyperventilates he's like bending over and grabbing his knees and he's like somebody stole my car (sighs) oh my god oh my god i love it if this was HBO, there would be so, so many much F-bombs. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Dean would just be a little bag of F-bombs if this was HBO. I would. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Bella shows up. Yay. Your favorite. No. At the not time. Not my favorite. <laughs> I said at the time. Okay. I love Bella. I do. Uh, there. She tells him she had it towed. And because it was in a and <laughs> Dean says it's not in a towaway zone <laughs> and she's and, uh, like it was when I was when done. I was done with it do you need to get that okay um so they're like oh you're Alex yeah and she's like oh me yeah me and Gert go way, way back. back oh Gert that's right <laughs> and they're like Bullshit. Yeah. What the fuck is it in, in it for you? And of course we find out that Bella just makes her way up and down the East Coast doing seances and whatnot for old ladies. Yeah. Uh, this is, I think, my favorite line. Because oh, Sam yeah. says, how do you sleep at night? And she says, on silk sheets, rolling, rolling naked, naked in money. money. <laughs> yeah. I, I put that as one of my favorite lines. Oh my too. god, I love it. Yeah. Um, And... My other favorite line that she says right after that is because, you know, she looks at Dean and she's talking about Sam and she mm-hmm. says, it's cute, but bit of a drama queen. 
which I love, um, obviously. Yeah. And uh, then the next my interaction, next yeah. favorite line <laughs> is Dean says, can I shoot her? And, and Sam, Sam says, not, not in public. public. <laughs> I just love that whole That whole interaction bit. with all of them, oh yeah, it's so great. It's, oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I love, like I told you, I have a... A serious love hate relationship with Bella because yes. I hate how much she screws them over, but I love all of their interactions. Yeah, there it's such a great dynamic. Yeah, the, the characters. It really is. It really is. Uh, I don't know. I've never read so far what their plan was with Bella. If it was different than how it planned out to be, kind of like Bobby and right another right. person coming up, where they're <laughs> supposed to be like one one offs and exactly. they end up being re- recurring characters. Yeah, I don't know if she was supposed to be. Just, just a one-off or not. Yeah. I'm but glad, I'm she glad came back. that yeah. she comes back because... I honestly wish she'd been on the show longer. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I was really bummed when she when she left. There's a lot of really good chemistry there. Yeah. Um. So then we go to a guy, like, getting ready... For bed. For bed or whatever. He's brushing, brushing his, his teeth. teeth. And he turns around and the bathtub has turned itself on. And, and it's he full goes of this to dark, disgusting water. Yeah, it's the from the tap. It looks kind of like a greenish color. Yeah, but when he looks in the tub, it's just like black, solid black. Yeah. You can't see anything but himself. Right. And he's just staring in it for like a solid fifteen minutes, and I'm like, Yeah, it was fifteen minutes of the whole episode. Why are you doing staring? this? Well, I will point out that he was hesitant to put his hand in. In other episodes, we would have seen somebody just like reach their hand in. All <laughs> what's going on here? He didn't do that. He was like. I want to see, but I'm not going to touch. Fair enough. But still, there was a lot of, like, close looking in there. Well. I, like, if I turn around and my bathtub just turned on, I'd be like, I'm leaving. Right. And that's <laughs> the thing. is like, we say that a lot in, when we do this podcast. But then I have to, like, really try and be realistic about it. Like, if I saw my bathtub turn on, I'd be like, something's wrong. And I'd try yeah. and go fix it. You know what I mean? And then if it was full of, full of gross, disgusting water, I'd be like, there's some type of a pipe problem you know what i mean i the first thing to occur to me would not be this is haunted and i'm gonna leave you know well what i would do honestly i think if i'm in my bathroom and suddenly my bathtub turns on i would turn around and be like what in the fuck yes and i'd go turn it off yes if it turned on again and then i would back away slowly (laughs) and watch it and if it turned on again then i would then i would get the fuck out of there right but if it didn't you know and it was fine and water drain, I'd be like, okay, that was just really weird. And I probably won't sleep well tonight. I'm going to put on a fucking Disney movie or whatever. <laughs> but if it was full of water, like black yes. stuff, like, oh, maybe something backed up. I'm not going to stick my hand in there. Right. I'm going to call a plumber. Right. And he didn't. <laughs> or just maybe let it sit and wait till the next day to see right. if it drains. Yeah. Maybe I'll just pour some Drano in there. But he didn't I put his hand in. I am not putting my hand in there. He didn't put his hand in either. And I thought that was a very good call on his part. It's true. It's true. He didn't check the drain. He had the little stopper on top, though. So it made it... Right. So he didn't really necessarily have to put his hand in. But I think other characters on the show who we've seen die stupid deaths would have. In the season one, the oh, lake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The lake when he one. gets drowned yeah. in the sink. <laughs> because he put his hand... No, that's not the one where he puts his hand in the garbage disposal. That's home. That's a good But that kid did put his hand in the drain to unplug it. All right, moving on. (laughs) That was a long time on that. Sorry. (laughs) 
So Alex, a.k.a. Bella, <laughs> is interviewing a brother, the brother of the victim who just died. Um, and the boys show up. <laughs> and they're like, ma'am, don't you think he's been through enough? Get out of here. They're not even that nice about it. I know. I was like, yeah, you tell her, Dean. <laughs> and Dina, she's walking away. They're like, roaches. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she's pretending to be from the press. Right. And then she goes... <laughs> Totally rats them out to the cops. Right. You see her in the background talking to the cops. I don't think that they are who they say they are. Right. So, But not before they get information that uh, the the brother tells uh, the Winchesters that they saw this ghost ship. Or that he, they were asking if they could uh, get some information on the ship that their brother saw. Says he saw. He saw. And he's like, yeah, it was an old Yankee clipper smuggling boat. Uh, rakish topsail. Um, angel on the masthead. With, yeah, an angel figure on uh, on the bow, and something a, a barkentine rigging. And I was like, "Dang, dude, that's a lot of detail." <laughs> he's Which like is rattling what Dean it says too. <laughs> Yeah, and Dean's like, "That's a lot of detail for your brother explaining it to you." And he's like, "Oh well, we both, we both saw, saw it. it. We were yeah. night diving." And they're like, "Fuck, <laughs> he's gonna die." So the boys are going to try to save him, and Bella shows up, and she's, you know, like, why are you going to do this? What are you doing? And they're like, because we're good people, unlike yourself, with your black heart. And she's like, well, I'm going to stop the boat, so to stop it from happening. But you you guys have fun. I love that part, because Dean's like, what's the matter with you? Did your dad not give you enough hugs when you were growing up? And she just immediately throws it back at him, all did yours. Yeah. shut Dina right away so oh that's also when she tells them that they're just a stone's throw away from serial yeah, I was killers say that. oh sorry which I, I went ha in my yeah. notes because that's originally what Dina exactly. was supposed to be <laughs> I was all excited when I heard that because she's very mad that she feels that Dean is looking down his nose at her yes which I can kind of see where she's coming from. So, and I can definitely see where he's coming from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think they're both being very judgmental when neither of them really have any place to yeah. be. So the boys take out the brother. Uh, and they get popped. Right. And Sam's trying to figure out connections between yes. them. And he's not finding anything at the moment. Um, but the brother comes down and he freaks out that the guys are watching him. Why does he, like, literally run away from them? I don't know. Like, he is so scared of them. It makes me think he probably saw something already at that point. Maybe. Maybe. that's what it was. <coughs> or he just he just really distrusts two guys who pretended to be cops and are now <laughs> sitting outside his house. So he gets in his car to run away, but then Ghost Pirate shows up and starts drowning him uh, by filling his lungs with water, yep. basically. Uh the boys get the a gun and run it to shoot the, that guy, but uh, he's it's already too gone. Late. The, 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 the brother has drowned. They don't even try to revive him. I know. I thought like, the same thing. I was like, no CPR, nothing. no chest pumps. I mean, he hasn't even been dead that long, guys. Yeah, like he probably could have. Sam tried just texts his, his pulse, <laughs> and he's like, no, nope. <laughs> Fucking hit him in the chest a couple, a couple times. times Breathe into his mouth. <laughs> Try and get some of that water out of his lungs. Like, yeah. So they're back in the Apollo doing the talk. And uh, Dean can tell that Sam's pretty broken up about it. 
just because he knows Sam and they know each yeah. other. And so he says to Sam, um, you know, sometimes we you can't, can't save, save everybody. everybody. And Sam says, as of late, he doesn't feel like he can save anybody. And it doesn't really cheer him up. It just kind of, he continues to be sad. And they're both kind of, I think, broken up a little bit about not being able to save the brother. Because it's very rare when they don't get to save people yeah. that they have set out to save. Well, and I think a lot of it also has to do with that they're, it's two brothers, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. And um, I just, I liked this because... Could be a look into their future. Right, exactly. And I like this because Dean finally just kind of shut up about the whole thing. Right. Without, like, trying to continue to prod Sam. Oh, you need to let go. You need to let go. He finally right. was just like, all right, I need to just back off. And Right. Well, I think he kind of understands. I mean, with each episode, there's more and more of Sam letting him know, like, look. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to be gone, and that fucking sucks for me. Right. So, um, I think having to deal with a... A case with two brothers where one ha- had to deal with the loss of another and then he himself dying. Yes. Kind of put things into perspective a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think that had a lot to do with it. <sighs> so thing. Bella shows up to the house that they're squatting in, which is <laughs> so funny that they're squatting. And she's they, so They shocked. did this before in Bugs, too. Yes. But usually they just get a motel. <laughs> well, there's an even... Yeah, one of the ones coming up, they're squatting there, too. So. <laughs> um, so she has she walks in, and she makes fun of them for squatting. <laughs> but she's ID'd the ship. What is it? Espirito Santo? Yes. Uh, which was a merchant sailing vessel, 1859. The sailor was accused of treason. He was hanged. He was 37 years old. And they cut his hand off to make a hand of glory. And apparently... Uh, according to Sam, the right hand of a hanged man is a very serious occult object, which is why Bella knows all what about it. Is. it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and she knows that the hand is at the Sea Pines Museum, so they want to go get the hand and burn it so that they can get rid of any... The spirit that's right. haunting people. Right. Um... So Bella's going to get them into the museum. So I wrote down, because I forgot the course of action of this, and I was like, I bet she saw the ship. Oh, Because she's being so yeah. helpful. Yeah. Nice. Good call, But Shannon. I was wrong. Because at, at this point, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Bella needs to, she says she knows how to get it, but she needs their help. And um, this is another one of my favorite moments because yes. Sam is going to go as pick up Gert's date <laughs> and Bella is waiting for Dean to come down and they're going to go as a date. And <laughs> Bella's yelling up at Dean, calling him a woman for taking forever. For, yeah. Dean is obviously very like nervous about coming down because he thinks he looks like an idiot. He's so petulant <laughs> through the whole thing. <laughs> and he comes down in a tux and Bella is like, Holy shit. Yeah. Hot damn. And I just love his because she says he's like, just say it. I look ridiculous. And she's like, when this is over, we should have angry sex. sex. And the look on Dean's face. He goes through so many different So many different emotions. I love it. So finally he's just like, don't objectify me. <laughs> I was rolling on the fucking yeah. couch watching this. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Uh, I love Jits that how like, how does one person make that many faces? I don't know. I don't get it. So it's, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. It's I a love beautiful it. It fucking is. thing. It is. I, his faces and his body language in yeah. this whole scene is yeah. amazing. And as he's walking out after he passes her, he's very pleased. He's got a very pleased oh yeah, look he's on like yeah, nailed it. <laughs> so they get to the museum where they're having there's like a gala event or something going on, and Dean's chewing gum. Where the fuck did he get gum from? I don't know. <laughs> but Bella's like, "Are you chewing gum?" <laughs> Can you at least act like you lived this, this life? life before? Yes. <laughs> I guess rich people don't chew gum. Well, they wouldn't at an event like that. <laughs> I guess not. I don't. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I seriously doubt you would have showed up to that place chewing gum, Shannon. No. Right. The, the, I love the look on the security guard's face because he's, you can see it, you know, right. in the background of the shot of yeah. him putting the, the gum, gum on the like champagne <laughs> fountain yes. thing. And he's just standing there looking at him. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't say anything or move. Bella just rolls her eyes. <laughs> and then we get to see how grabby Gert is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. I love it. So Sam is angry that he's ha- he has to be there with Gert. And Dean's just like, just buy us some time. Just entertain your date. <laughs> and, is that when Gert walks up to Sam with, like, the bo- the glass of champagne? Yeah. And, and Sam just like, slams the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Like, we've never seen Sam, Sam slam alcohol. No. At no. that, until that point. Right. Which is what makes it so much funnier. So, Dean and Bella make their way upstairs by her fainting and pretending to be, and Dean pretends that it's his wife who's had too much to drink. So, they go upstairs. I like how very quickly he came up with the shellfish allergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lie. Really They're both they amazing liars. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. They'd be a good team if they didn't hate each other so much. Terrible couple. Oh yeah, they'd be a horrible couple. So they he he gets her settled in the room and she's like, "It's in room two thirty five in a locked case and it's armed. Are you sure you can handle that?" <laughs> that was another amazing. Or I'm sure she's like, "Are you sure that won't be a problem?" And he's like, "It won't be a problem." He just totally mocks her, and I fucking love that. Oh. Oh my god! Dean is the greatest thing ever. Oh my god! (laughs) I do. I just love the two of them together. It's just so great. It's really good, and Mm -hmm. we get a shot of Gert totally groping Sam. It just, and that's when she says one of my favorite lines: "You're just firm all over." You're just firm all over. (laughs) So then it has like the quick little montage of uh, Dean like breaking into the case and it's a super close up of his face and his eyeball mm-hmm. and I was like I can see his contacts really <laughs> yes oh wow <laughs> I was like because you could you know when you wear contacts you yeah. can see that like extra line around yeah. the iris and I was like oh, huh he's wearing contacts nice good catch. anyway <laughs> so a security guard knocks on the door and Bella basically pretends like they're having sex yes and that they need a few more minutes and then Dean walks up the stairs and, bumps in the <laughs> and he's like, thanks for taking care of my wife or whatever. And he's like, someone is. is. And Dean's like, what the fuck? <laughs> All I can think is the story that guy has to tell people the next day. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's great. They gave him a good story. They did. 
Um, so Sam is actually getting information from Gert at this point about how rumor was that the boys, the two brothers, killed their father for their yeah, inheritance. For their inheritance. Um, <clears throat> which she's whispering into his ear. Right. Very closely. Yes. Yes. So Leanna is very jealous of I, this I was lady. pretty jealous. I was also pretty, I, I admire her a lot. <laughs> Right. For being so forward. <laughs> I wouldn't have the balls to do that. So. Here's to you, Gert. <laughs> we'll see what happens in February. <laughs> um, so then Sheila also, uh, or she tells her that, Gert tells Sam that Sheila also had a car accident um, that killed her cousin. Uh, which Sam is putting together that if you've seen the ship, it's because you've killed somebody in your family. Right. And you're going to die. So, Dean comes downstairs, and Sam's like, please tell me you got it, and that I didn't get groped all night for nothing. No, no, the line is, I got groped all, or groped all night by Mrs. Havisham for nothing. Right, right, right. Which is a reference to Great Expectations. Yes. How very obscure, Sam. Yeah, right. (laughs) His references usually are. (laughs) Um, But, uh, he pulls it out to show, he's like, yeah. (laughs) He pulls it out. (laughs) Are we 12? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, he shows Sam that he did get the hand and they leave. But it's not the hand. Oh, that's it right. Is a, he is. A, yeah. Okay. It is right now. Yes, it is. Um. Or no, he doesn't. He doesn't pull it out yet. He, he just, touches. Yeah, he touches. He yeah. pulls it out later. Yeah. Um. So, so this is when he. So when he. Is it because they leave? You speak in such fragmented sentences. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember while we're going, so it's not helping. Because they're in, they're still in the museum when he's like, you got it right, I didn't get groped all night. Yes. And he's like, yeah, and he hits his yes. jacket and then they leave. Yes. And then does Sam ask again to see it or does, is Dean just taking it out? I can't remember. I can't remember either. But anyway, so Dean takes it out and unwraps, and unwraps it, it and it's just like a flask or a bottle or whatever. It's a ship in a bottle. Right. And Dean is really pissed off and he's like, that fucking bitch, she got us again. And Sam's like, you. Right, yeah. She, <laughs> she got, got you. And I was like, fuck you, Sam. <laughs> I was like, good call, Sam. <laughs> you were the one who got the fucking rabbit's foot stolen out of your pocket. <laughs> okay, that's true. Uh, all right, so. That's very true. Don't put this on fucking Dean. You guys are a team. And she had pulled one over on you too, so. Right. I think that was just Sam trying to keep score. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, that's not helping, Sam. <laughs> it's not. You're right. <laughs> uh, so Sam tells Dean that the captain's motive is that people who have killed their own blood. Uh, so... Bella sees the ship, finally, yes. and I was like, "Oh, so I knew she was gonna, see, or I thought she saw it earlier because she was being so helpful." But now, now you know it's because she, she wanted, wanted the hand. Yeah, but now she sees the ship. Yes, and she goes to get their help. So, because that's when they tell her that the reason people are targeted by this particular ghost is because of. Well, first they ask their... her. They're like, "So what'd you do?" And right. She's like, what the hell are you talking? About? They're like, "Well, we know why." Right. You killed because Dean was like, I I used to think you were you know a piece of shit before, but now, now right, you're I've, like a despicable human being, and that's what I was wondering is we do we find out later why she got marked with the death omen, like what it was that actually happened. 
It, does that get told when we find out about her? I think later. It does. Because that's why she... Okay. You're right. ...has that. Yeah. I'm I'm almost, like, I'm 99.9% positive we find out... We do out find out what she did. Yeah. What okay. happened. Okay. That's what I thought. Um. So she won't tell Dean who she killed. Um. She says he, he wouldn't understand. Right. And, uh... But she's already sold the hand. Of course. I was like, holy shit, you were quick. Well, she was getting it for someone. Right, right, right. But Sam is like, well, we might not need that. So he has an idea to summon the captain of the ship and the brother of the captain because he found out that the person who hanged him was his own brother. Was his own brother. And that's why the captain is killing people who have killed their own blood. The sailor. Um, so... Sam goes and does the summoning ritual while <laughs> Bella is dying. Um, no, she's not dying yet. So Sam starts the summoning ritual and he picks up that squirmy thing and puts it on the. I really wish I want to know what that is like so badly. <laughs> he picks it up and it's like it's like it almost looks like a snake, but it's too small and it's like squirming. And he like drops it on the little pentacle that he has there. <laughs> I want to know what that is. Every time I see this episode, I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? Anyways. Um, and he starts reciting the incantation and then it starts raining and then the guy shows up and then right. Bella well, starts drowning. Yeah. I just want to keep this I was condensing it. See, and every time I try to condense, you back me up. <laughs> well, that's because usually you skip something that happened in between those two. Anyways. I didn't skip um, anything. The only thing that we skipped is, you know, that really special word. Right. I was going to get to that at the okay. end when we do our little tidbits. Right, cool. but... We can do that later. Um, so, what, okay, so they save her life, yes. basically, because the, the captain, f- or the sailor fights his brother, and yes. it, and that's a really cool graphic they have of the it, two of them, like, running into each yeah. other and kind of exploding really into cool. water or whatever, yeah. that was really neat. So, Bella is saved, she's fine, and she shows up at the house that they're squatting in with $10,000, and Dean is like, 10000 is easier for you than a thank you? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> well, she doesn't like being in people's debt. Right. So. And she's like, this should do it. And she leaves and Sam's like, you gotta admit, she has, I don't like her, but she's got style. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think it's, <clears throat> the thing that I like about their, the thing they have with Bella is that they look down on her so much. Like, she's just this horrible person, but Bella... I think has more perspective on it. I don't think she thinks she's a great person herself. I think she knows she makes really awful decisions, but she also recognizes that the Winchesters have a lot of their own problems Mm -hmm. and that their motivation is also pretty skewed as far as why they do these types of things. So that maybe they should stop being such self-righteous little pricks (laughs) when they talk to her. (laughs) Well, yeah, but to them, she is a horrible person. No, I know. she screws them over and other you know, innocent people no, and for I, money. And to them, that's horrible because what they're doing, even if it is revenge-based or obsessive, they're saving people's lives. They're not doing anything for money. Yeah, but they're doing it for gratification. Yeah, but they're you saving know. people's lives. Right. <laughs> so to them, yeah. that's better than stealing money All from I'm people. S- she's not stealing, though. She's well, from people well, like yeah. Gert she doesn't steal and money her from them. regular day job. Hey, but she's <laughs> right because they get a lot of comfort from that. 
Sure. She does. I'm just saying that they shouldn't be so up on their high horses because they've Well, I think the reason they're on their high horse. I know why they are. She's not only is she screwing people over, is she, the stuff that she sells to people is very dangerous and should not be out in the world. Right. No, I know why they think poorly of her. I I know that part. Okay. I'm just saying that this is what I think, that maybe they should stop assuming that they're better than her. Okay. I think they're better than her. Okay. (laughs) There we are. Um... So Dean tells Sam that he understands why Sam, Sam killed the crossroads demon, but Sam gets angry about him because he, he does not want D, uh, Dean to worry about him. He wants him to worry about himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't care about any of that. He's like, I don't want, I don't care that you're sorry or that you're okay with me killing her. I can take care of myself. I'm a big boy. He's like, I just want you to worry about yourself. I want you to give a damn. Right. And in classic Dean fashion, he just shuts down. And he talks about spending the money he just got from Bella and playing craps. God. Yeah. My last note for that episode was, my God, fuck Dean. (laughs) It just made me so mad. Yep. He doesn't want to talk about it. Plus, I think it's a really stupid decision to go gamble with all that money. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just putting that out there, too. But yeah, that whole scene at the end really pissed me off. Uh, let's see. So, when Sam summons the ghost of the sailor, he calls out a bunch of names. And, like, the first or second one he calls is Castiel. Mm-hmm. Which is a very important character coming up. Very quickly. Pretty soon. Yay. So, it's the one we're always talking about in secret. Like, yes, you guys like don't you know guys what don't we're know. talking about. <laughs> But anyway, so that was kind of exciting to hear. It was very because I heard it and I was like, "Hold on a second. And <laughs> I rewound it. it. I was like, "I don't think so." Did he really? But he did. Yeah. Um, also, all of the victims are wearing blue before they die, really, um, except for Bella. However, both Sam and Dean are wearing blue for the final séance. Huh. The end scene when she's about to die. Does anybody know what that's all about? Nope. All right. Yes, water. <laughs> Good one, Shannon. <laughs> Body count in this is five. Um, the brothers, Sheila, the two spirits. So, wait, we have the two brothers, and then we have Sheila, and then... Two spirits. It would have to be, wouldn't it? Nobody else died. After I just gave them credit for doing a good job, here we are, counting ghosts again. Um... Oh, yeah. So this, I wrote this down because I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, somebody, one of the, put on the uh, IMDb comments mm-hmm. on this episode. <laughs> there is a ghost ship in the ocean. Isn't salt supposed to repel evil spirits? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I was like, huh, that's an interesting. That's I mean, to be fair, they're floating on point. top of the water. So you make an interesting point, sir. That's all I got for this. Um, oh. Um, Did I write down my favorite stuff in here? <clears throat> I mean, you know my favorite lines. Yes. We already went through those. I guess I didn't write it down. Do you Is there a, music in this one? No. Okay. That's Do you have I'm a favorite thinking. moment? My moment would either be when her, when she's got the car towed. Yes. In Dean's reaction. Um, or 
her reaction and his facial expressions in the moment when he comes down and in the tux. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two good moments. I really like both of those. Um, I picked, I have actually a few favorite lines. <clears throat> One of them was don't objectify me. The sleeping on silk sheets, rolling in money. Oh, at the very beginning when Dean's confronting Sam about the missing bullet in the cult. And he's like, so unless you were shooting at some incredibly evil cans. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a really good one. And then Sam at the very end when they're having their um, argument and he says, you know what, Dean, go screw yourself. I don't want you worrying about me, Dean. I want you worrying about you. I want you to give a crap about dying. Yeah. That was a really good line, too. It is. Yeah. Do you want to learn about a hand of glory? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a severed, pickled human hand. Most commonly, it's the left hand, again, because of the whole sinister thing. Right. Remember? Yeah. Um, of a person who has been hung. Or if the person is being hung for murder, it would be the hand that, quote, did the deed. So whichever hand they use to actually kill someone okay. is the one that you would sever. And then you make a candle... From the fat of the person who has been hanged, and in some of the lore, uh, you would make the wick out of the person's hair, uh, and then Gross. you would yeah, and then you place the candle. That would smell really awful. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> then you would place the candle in the hand like a candle holder and light it. Um, it's what, all a bad idea. What this would do. Is uh, it was said to render motionless the people who see it while it's lit. Um, other stories say that people uh, it places people under an enchanted sleep, uh, and they could not be woken up while it was lit. And it, in this instance, it is also said that any person who is awake when it's lit will not fall asleep. Um, and the only thing that can put it out would be pouring milk over the flame. So it puts you in a sleep that you don't wake up from. Or it keeps you awake. Because if you're, so like, let's say I have a hand of glory and you're asleep uh-huh. and I light it, you're going to stay asleep and I'm going to stay awake until somebody puts, puts it milk out. on it. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the stories you hear, like the So you have folk to tales, already be asleep? Yes. You have to already be asleep. So a lot of the folk tales you hear is people using hand of glory to rob people. They would sneak into like inns at night by pretending to be like an old person who didn't have anywhere to stay. And then when everybody went to sleep, they would light the hand of glory. And since they're awake and nobody else is going to fall asleep, they just, you know, steal everything and leave. So the hand of glory in this episode is worthless. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no body fat yeah. candle. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, oh, you guys are missing a whole lot of important parts of making that worth anything at all. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I like it. I the idea more that it would render people motionless than put you in an enchanted sleep. Right. You know, that seems just a little scarier. Yeah. I like that. Definitely. I like scary. <laughs> Definitely. That's okay. really all I've got on the hand of glory. All right. Anything else on this episode? Uh, no, I think we, um... Two things that I didn't mention that I really like was that Dean snags that snack off of the waiter's tray <laughs> while he's trying to catch Bella from... Are they, is, there, is there shellfish in this? Yeah. No? Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Um, And I think... 
Oh, and I just also noted that I was just very envious of the woman who was cast as Gert. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bet she was really happy when she got that role. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've got. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you're not there already, check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can see all of the previous episodes there. Comment on them. Let us know how you feel. You can contact us or you can send us an email directly at the... No, sorry. It's just waywardfans at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, concerns. Let us know how we're doing. We'll read your email out loud on the podcast. <laughs> Please email us. <laughs> we don't get any email. <laughs> Um, or you can follow us on Twitter, uh, waywardfans underscore SPN. And then you can also follow us on Facebook. Just Google. I always do that. Just search Facebook for wayward fans and we will come up and you can follow us there and look at all my dopey memes that I always post. And make sure you're rating our podcast on iTunes. Yes. That really helps us out. It really does. We really need some good ratings. So yeah. Thanks guys. We'll see you in it or we'll talk at you next week. <laughs> Bye guys. Cement champagne on the pool of arms. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sick and tired. Try to turn the tide. So I'll say my goodbye. I'm out.